1: Hey there, Knicks fans, how you doing? It is your boy, Jonathan Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. I've, I got the blood coursing through my veins. Basketball is coming back. The draft is a week away. This is all awesome. We can get stuff to talk about and think about that isn't manufactured gobbledygook that we've been going over the same thing for the last eight months. Um, And we're actually going to get real basketball news. I am so excited Um, and uh, I, I hope you're excited too. Um, I have a great guest coming up in a few minutes, Simon Gersberg. He is um, – you may have seen him on Twitter if you're really into the NBA draft stop. He's the founder of Shot Quality, which is um, a new analytics tool that measures – well, I'm going to let him explain it. But basically, it measures exactly what it says, um, the shot quality that players take in, in college and how good they are um, given the uh, shots that they take. Um, and he gives a lot of great insights on possible Knicks draft picks at 8, at 27, and 38. We had a really great conversation and uh, got into some fun stuff at the end, which uh, you're going to want to stick around for. He's he's good. You're going to want to pay attention to him and uh, follow that Twitter account too. Simon, or uh, sorry, shot underscore quality um, on Twitter. He's a good one. Um, second thing, um, I, I feel the need. I feel the need, the need for speed. no. Um. Although in the context of who I'm about to bring up, maybe that applies. Um, there's a Russell Westbrook rumor going around. I guess Kevin O'Connor said something to this effect on uh, some one of the Ringer's many uh, podcasts. Um, and I feel like I'm. I could already see in my DMs and like getting tagged and stuff on Twitter. Like people are are losing their shit over this. Let me just repeat this for the for the umpteenth time um a no one knows a blessed thing about what leon rose actually intends to do what his priorities are in terms of players right we we know generally what he wants this team to get better at which is obvious because anybody with eyes could know that they need more shooting more more playmaking all that stuff but in terms of like the specifics you know don't believe everything you hear um because he's not talking in the front office isn't talking. What they are doing and what they've been doing a lot of for a while now is kicking the tires. And I think if there's again, I, I'm sorry if I sound like a broken record, but if there is one thing above all else that this front office seems to be intent on doing, it is leaving no stone unturned. They're going to vet out every possible opportunity to improve this team. And when I use the term improve this team, I'm putting it in big air quotes because improve this team could mean improve this team on the floor next season. It could mean improve this team's position long-term when it comes to its asset base or anything, Which leads me to the Rustbrook thing. Do I think that they're – they probably – I'm not reporting this. I have absolutely no knowledge about this. I haven't even asked, quite frankly. Um, Do I think that they probably have had conversations with Houston about Westbrook? Sure, because they should. Um, Westbrook is a guy who is, God knows, incredibly overpaid. His contract is too long. He's making too much money. He is not an efficient player. He is – all of the bad things that Russell Rustbrook is – But hey, guess what? Um, If there's a type of deal that makes sense for your team in terms of what it could bring back in terms of a a future asset, a present asset, whatever, Houston doesn't have too much by way of that. But at the same time, you know, I'm not saying this is the case, but if, you know, if someone, you know, pays you a little bit to, to take on a guy who who made an all NBA team last season, if you're not listening to that, if you're not hearing that offer out. Um, you're probably not doing your job as one of the very few teams with cap space in this off season. Do I think they're going to trade for Russ? No, because I think they're, they have certain priorities about what this team should look and feel like. And, And I don't think that Westbrook is a part of that, but you know, just as the next days and weeks go by, I would not be surprised if the Knicks were, you know, attached to different players and things Again, just take it all with a grain of salt. Um, don't lose your shit because before I, you know, was just hearing stuff from outside. I would lose my shit and it would annoy me. And I just wish that someone was out there to calm me down. So I'm trying to play the role of the person that I wish was out there. You know, before I kind of maybe knew a little bit more stuff. So uh, relax. Uh, I I think this front office knows what they're doing. They're not. They're not going to do anything stupid. Um, And last but not least, before I get to my interview with Simon, do you guys know what time it is? It's time to win some money. And who doesn't love to win some money? It's my bookie time. Again, a reminder at my bookie, it's always winning season, whether you're talking about college football, um, the NBA is back soon, UFC Fight Island, you know, everything. Um, And obviously the NFL, the odds get boosted. There's lightning deals. There's free bets. All season long, Thanksgiving's around the corner, put a parlay down, anything you possibly want. You could do it at MyBookie. If you're a first-time customer or you've been playing with MyBookie for years, there's no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. Um, They also, this is new, they have a full-fledged casino platform if you like, you know, if you like the tables. You like rolling the dice, uh, table slot card games to uh, uh, that you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is that MyBookie's doors never close. So it doesn't matter how drunk you get sitting in front of your computer at home. MyBookie's not going to kick you out. It's it's really quite a nice uh, quite a nice deal. Make the right play, sign up today at MyBookie and when you do use promo code overtime to get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. So if you put in 200 bucks, um, they'll match you another $100 on your account. If you were already planning to bet this season, hey, I mean, look, it's free money. And it's, again, the, the promo code is Overtime, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E. It's winning season of my bookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. And with that, no further ado, I present to you my conversation with the founder of Shot Quality, great stuff on the NBA draft, Simon Gersberg. Joining me now, on uh, the next film school podcast. I am very excited to bring in this next guest. He is someone who um, I think people are going to want to hear from with the draft now when you're hearing this, uh, I guess eight days away. Cause yeah, it's, Oh no, wait, no. The draft is on a Wednesday. So it's now a week away. Jesus Christ. It's, no, no, it's, it's a
0: Tuesday.
1: It's a Tuesday. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Tuesday now, but the draft is on a Wednesday and people are going to hear this on a Wednesday. So okay. it'll be, it, we're, we're, we're going into the future. Um, you've already introduced yourself, Simon Gersberg, the founder, of shot quality, which we are going to get into, uh, what exactly that is. But first <laughs> and foremost, welcome to the show. Thank you. I already cut in at the wrong time. So no, you're both- good, man. <laughs> I like I like that comfort level. I like all of my <laughs> guests to feel eminently comfortable on the program, and and you clearly do. Um, so uh, welcome. This is this is cool because you know I, I've been talking a lot of draft for. God knows most of the last eight months. And um, I don't think I've done so with an more of an analytical bent, but that's where you specialize in. But before we get to that, um, I will just, uh, I will just ask you, how did you, how did you get into doing this, this draft analysis stuff?
0: So it was probably a point in uh, March or February where I just like, I downloaded Twitter a long time ago, but it was at the point where like, I feel like if you post opinions on Twitter, you're just going to get roasted. Like, like it's inevitable. You'll get canceled. You'll get
1: roasted. This so is true. My, my, <laughs> I've been my, canceled many times over. <laughs> there you go.
0: Yeah. So my thought process was to, uh, provide less opinions and more just objective stats. Okay. Um, and in like a unique way, hopefully. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought that was a way to, uh, it, it just seemed like a niche that a lot of people haven't tapped into with the draft because so much of it is the eye test, which is so important with evaluating prospects for sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was just an Avenue. I thought I could tap into.
1: Okay, cool. Um, and so shock quality, that's the, that's the name on Twitter. Um, that's why I, I like the little, the little SQ with the basketball. It's very cool. <laughs> um, so do you want to say a little bit about like what, what shot quality is you? You you are sure. the founder of shot quality, so yeah, it's sure. probably so best to explain
0: it. The goal of shot quality is really to just evaluate the quality of shots because shot selection is not something that it is somewhat intuitive for coaches and fans. Um, but objective numbers are always different than what your eyes will tell. There could be so many inherent biases that are affecting the eye test. So, just getting objective numbers on shot selection has been something that coaches have found super valuable and. NBA teams have because a few have actually signed up for the site, so hopefully. Oh wow! Yeah, that's
1: that's awesome. I didn't know that. That's very cool.
0: Yeah, so that that'll that'll be uh, hopefully good for the future shot quality. I don't know where it'll go, but um,
1: yeah, that's um, that's great. And and I guess so. Okay, so yes, the the where a shot is taken from obviously influences how good it is. It. I guess since we're going to get into some of the players, the Knicks are looking at up and down the draft at eight and 27 and 38, um, which you just revealed to me a short while ago, who, who you, who you um, spotlight, (laughs) which I'm excited that you did that. Um, Is, is there like, what is encompassed in your, in the, you know, the data that you have and is there anything that is not encompassed in, in the data that you have?
0: So, Almost everything is. So it's all about the individual player shot making ability. So when Frankie smokes takes that juicy short mid range on a pick and roll, <laughs> it's like a hundred percent. So that's obviously not, <laughs> but it, it's all it's the, like 98%. It's <laughs> yeah, there you go. So it's all the individual player shot making ability in each area. So like catch and shoot off the dribble, um, pick and roll air, uh, isolation. So it, it's, it's all the different avenues in total. There's like 90 different variables. So there really is a lot that goes into it. Um, so yeah, I, I just try to make it as precise as possible and make sure that the correlation of the shot selection is high to winning because that's all that matters that it's correlated with winning because otherwise it's not a it valuable setup.
1: Yeah, no, of, of course. Um, I'm curious, are there ever, does your, um, does what you find ever produce results that make you be like, oh, what this is, something's off about this or this really is far away from the eye test or you, do you just kind totally.
0: of... So, you no, know, like yeah. in March when I was like, playing around with the numbers, because obviously I just started. Um, I, I had to adjust so much until it actually lined up with the highest correlation of winning and also matching up with the eye test. So the ba- a little background on it. So uh, I'm like the data analysis for the Colgate basketball team. And the assistant coach did this calculation by hand. So it'd really? be like this shot is blank percent chance of going in, this shot X percent, whatever. Um, so when I was able to automate it, I matched it up with his numbers so that it would be precise um, because
1: it's a ah. Okay. And you say you, you were able to automate it. I'm assuming you're using that are you using from like synergy or something else. Yeah. Like a few different data sources, a few different data sources. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, well that's awesome. That's, that's, I, I think that's enough, enough background. Um,
0: <laughs> we maxed out the background.
1: We maxed out the background. No, because I, I just, I, I, there's different things out there and I'm always curious about like what, what goes into it because this, um, if I'm being honest, honest a lot of this goes over my head in terms of like the, the nitty gritty of it. And I'm, I'm more like someone who could look at a sheet and be like, okay, that that's pretty accurate. Or that's, that feels right. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I was interested in having you on, because I would look at the stuff that you would put out and like, more or less this, it's like you look at it like, okay, that seems, not that I'm like a college expert, but it seemed like, no, for sure, for sure, spot for sure.
0: Yeah. and like that—that's
1: the goal, obviously, to match it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So I, I gave you—I gave you some homework. <laughs> I said, <laughs> "Why don't you uh, pick some players who you thought um, would be, you know, uh, in play?" At each at each place the Knicks are at the Knicks are picking, and come up with like a you know something or or a stat or two that popped for you when you were looking at each of these players. So I guess we'll start at eight. Um, I'm gonna leave it up to you. You you sent me f- uh, four names. Um, yep. I don't want to spoil them, so I'll let you mm-hmm. announce the first name. Who do you want to talk about first?
0: Before I even get to the names, I, I want to give a little a little background on so so the Knicks building blocks because I think in terms of who the Knicks are going to draft at eight. We don't know who's actually the foundational building block of this roster. I mean, we I'd don't. say probably Mitch is most likely the most efficient. Uh, RJ might be the best building block. But either way, if both of them are going to be a part of the team in the future, you cannot take a non-shooter. Like, you cannot. I, I, I cannot see the Knicks take another non-shooter in this draft at eight because then, then you're capping Mitch and RJ's potential. So I, I just wanted to preface with that.
1: So I, I um it's interesting you say that because I'm in the process of this week for the newsletter of going through the five players I think are most likely um to be the the first player that, or let me rephrase this the 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 guy they take with their first pick, whether they move up, whether they move down yeah. from eight, like oh. the, the first guy off the board that that is gonna wear a Nick hat, you know, virtually uh, you know, through through Zoom or however they're gonna do this. Um, and uh, spoiler alert: um, Isaac Okoro is not going to be um, in my top five. And honestly, if I extended the list down to six or seven, I am not even sure if he would have made it. Because I, I know it has been reported that there's interest there, and I, that's, I get it because he's a really good player. But um, if there's one thing that I trust about what I've heard coming out of there, it's what you just said. Yep. They're they're looking for shooting and they're looking for playmaking, but I think that it's the combo, right? It, it's like, if you, he's yes, a core, like I'm just using a core as an example. There's no, other no, guys the out there. Example. Yeah. He's, I think he's the the best example. Cause yeah, there's a little bit of playmaking upside, but like if the shot doesn't come around and like, you know, we don't need to explain why if you put a shooter, a non-shooter with a bunch of other non shooters and listen, is that a hundred percent like foolproof? Is that the best way to go? I, I can't sit here and be like, Oh, for sure. They shouldn't draft a Coro, but I sure as shit see the logic in it and yep. I'm not, I don't blame them for, for if that's the approach they're taking. Um, so with that backdrop, um, let's talk about some of the guys you, you picked.
0: So Halliburton, he's honestly the number one player on my board. Like, like not a joke. I like at least for the Knicks board, what it should be. So okay. I, I, I cannot, like, like I said about the non-shooting Lamelo Oneyeka, Wiseman, Denny, RJ Hampton, and Akora Those, um, five guys, you know, six guys, I you, you can't draft because it, like, like the fit that we talked about, but Halliburton, let me dive in. So honestly, I think he's my favorite player in the draft. I know he's got funky form, but he's going to be able to shoot when you shoot 82 from the free throw line, 42 from three, like that free throw percentage is the best indicator of three point success in the NBA. Yeah. And when you shoot that well from the free throw line, I don't care if you're shooting it with both hands um, uh, I don't, I, however you do it, if it goes, <laughs> I wish in, people could see
1: the motion you just made. It was great. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, yeah. I guess I won't see it. Um, it's It's going to work in the NBA. Um, so that's the first thing about Halbert. Second thing I think he's the best passer, if not the second with Lomelo
1: and top two, I mean, it's top, it's, two. It, top two for sure. Easy, yeah. easy. And
0: then his defense, when you're six, six with a seven foot wingspan, you can play off ball on ball. I honestly see a very, a lot of similarities between him and shy Gilgis Alexander. I, I think him, that's your comp. Yeah. That's the comp. And I, and like, I've heard people use it before, but like Shay's big knock coming out of Kentucky was he only hit 26 threes. Um, couldn't really shoot off the dribble. And like, that's similar with Tyrese. Like, and he's such a hard worker and like all these interviews, he's so like, everything yeah. he says is so great. Like he just seems like the guy that's going to fix this form, uh, tweak it at least, uh, keep that, pure shooting ability and fixes off the dribble ability. building. I, I
1: thought that um, on the low post today. Um, the episode with Sh- uh, Schmitz and Gavoni was actually, yeah, it was came out yesterday where they were like, he's the guy that uh, we wished L- Lonzo ball was uh, going to yeah. end up as an NBA player. And I thought that was actually kind of interesting. And I don't, I don't think it's wrong either. Um, Yeah. My, my concerns with Halliburton have been, have been echoed a lot of late by other people. I don't think it's revolutionary. I just, I'm, I'm worried a little bit about his fit on a team without um, a creator, but I I even admitted as much when I was writing about him. It's like, okay, well, you know, and I've written about this concept from time to time. Are you, you're not building a team for this year. You're building a team for theoretically the next five to 10 years. Right. Yes. Yes. You know, I, I I just, you know, it's, that's the only thing that gives me some pause. Uh, so I'm just going to put that out there, but I hear everything you're saying at the same time.
0: Yeah. So like the thing with Halliburton and I, I think the Hawks are going to take him at six. Like if I had to, Oh, be I'd be Jack, sure.
1: He's not going to be, I don't think he's going to be there, but yeah, you never know.
0: Yeah, no, he won't be there for the next, but six with Trey Young, Can you imagine how good of a fit that would be?
1: That's the most, that's the most obvious fit on the board. But, but I just do want to say one thing. I think this situation with the Celtics, if Danny Ainge gets desperate and he's like, um, he's so many draft picks. Yeah, He's so many draft picks. If he's like, I have to end up with a core, um, a Congo and he's worried. Maybe someone will trade with the Knicks or he's worried. Maybe Washington would leapfrog him. If he traded up, I could, I wonder I wonder what, like some draft picks and, and Marcus Smart to the Hawks. I don't think he'll do it. I don't think he'll do it. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm we're getting That's a, interesting. No, I, I didn't even think about that. I don't think, I, again, I don't, I don't think the Celtics would do that, but I'm just for, for, for anybody who's like, oh, Halliburton 100% is not going to be there for a Knicks. Well, all it takes is like one or two things to go a little sideways and, you know, it's the draft. Crazy shit happens. So it's True. continue anyway.
0: Yeah. So that's it with Halley. Um, number one player for the Knicks to draft if he's there, obviously. Second guy and third guy, I, I had kept switching it up when I was when I was texting with you. I, I honestly like I have so much information on both, and the only reason I'm putting Devin Vassell Vassell Vassell, I I Vassell out, yeah uh, over Kyra is because just the positional value. I just think wings are so much more valuable in the NBA. Um, so so what's a stat only, that's popped for you with with yeah, Vassell? Yeah, so there's a lot. So he took 91 mid range shots. Okay, what? was still in the 87th percentile of efficiency in college basketball. Really? 91. And this is, this is the second one that popped. I think this one's actually even crazier. I didn't know he was a good finisher until I saw his, his like his finishing numbers are at on tier with, uh, on tier with a He didn't take, he took half as many as a but when he did it, it was the, almost like 0. 0.02. Like it was basically exactly the same. So that popped for me because people don't think of Vassell as a good finisher. So that, that, that was really interesting. Like
1: creator. That, that is interesting. I, um, you know, it's, it's so, it, it was, it's a little difficult for me to analyze that FSU team because they were so stacked. They played so many guys. They were so deep. Um, and like guys didn't, nobody forced anything, you know, it's like there were just wasn't a lot of bad shots put up, whether it was from him or or Patrick Williams or yep. or Trent Forrest. Or it's like these are you know they they were just I mean there's a reason they were whatever they were ranked by the by the time the season shut down. Um, I I like Vassell a lot. I, I, I but I have a feeling they think they could end up with him if they trade down, and I also have a feeling he he may I could see him slipping the way things are shaping up in the draft. But
0: that one video of him like catapulting it, if that's the at, he, nobody like. That's not like Laramie Tunsil, like doing a gas mask before, before the draft. Like, <laughs> I don't think he's gonna slip.
1: He was screwing around. I I have it on yeah. good. It's been it's, I'm the first person to report this. I could I have it on as good authority as I could get it that he was screwing around. Yeah, that was not for a real sure. thing for sure. Okay, so that's that's Basel. Um, but you say you have Kira like close behind him. Right there, I I couldn't decide because I I have Kira like five on my big board.
0: Um, so yeah, it was really, really hard. Yeah. I have him really high. Yeah.
1: Okay. What 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 is it? What is it about your your um, shot quality data that stood out to you most about so him? He's
0: like, according to the stats, he's actually the best passer. He created the most passing points per game of any prospect.
1: I wonder. I mean, I'm sure that's partially a function of the fact it's that nice. Alabama shot 8, threes this year.
0: It's, yeah, and and it's the pace for sure. Yeah, just the fact that he created so many points, like his the value of every pass he made was higher, so much higher than the average NCAA draft prospect. Like Trey, it was like thirty percent higher than Trey Jones's when he made a pass. Really? So so it's really cool to see. Like he, he does seem like a little bit of a like genius playmaker in that he's making the right decision to the right shooter or the right layups. Because a lot, a lot of the value with this stat is if you pass the guys for mid-range, I mean, maybe it's a product of NATO's system at Alabama, but if you pass a guy for a mid-range, obviously you're not creating as many expected points as when you pass to somebody from a wide open three. Sure.
1: Um, I, I love that too, because the thing and uh, Spencer Pearlman and we go back and forth on, on Kyra a lot, because like the, he he's, He's not like Halliburton. Halliburton and Ball are in a class, you know, by themselves. And then you know, maybe um, uh, Killian Hayes is like a level below there. And there's some other good, pass, but like Kyra doesn't maybe have that level of stuff. But it's it's the combination of the speed and what the speed opens up. And sure, maybe he's not seeing plays, you know, or, or seeing two, three plays ahead. But you're right; he makes the right pass. Yep. when he hardly ever makes the wrong pass, that much is, is obvious when you watch the, when you watch the tape on him. And I, I love that about him. I Again, spoiler. I, if I had to pick one player right now, I think who they're going to end up with in this draft. I'm he's in the, he's in the top two for me for yep. sure.
0: And I, uh, and I, would be, I'd be happy with that. Just, just not one of those non shooters. And then
1: I'm unhappy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you do have one more guy at eight who yeah, is I got lo-
0: one more thing about Cairo that I want. Oh, okay. Please. With. I listen. Um, I,
1: I never get bored of hearing about Kyra.
0: <laughs> so he had the best shot selection of any player in the draft. And you have to tell me, I, I want you to analyze this. And this is a good or bad thing. Okay. So he had the best shot selection of any player in the draft, like just in terms of like shots at the rim and three pointers. Um, but with that, he was only in the 40th percentile yeah. overall efficiency. So he was inefficient with having the best shot with shot selection. So that's like, that that shows me that like there's less room to expand if that makes sense. Like you can't change his shot selection and become more efficient.
1: Yeah, that's
0: and, a good or bad thing.
1: Well, I think it's I think it's an interesting thing in that. So, I think that his he's not a great finisher. Um, yeah, we yeah, can just put that, that right out there. there. I yeah. think he was wasn't he actually under fifty percent around the rim, or he was like really right bad. at yeah. yeah it it wasn't it wasn't good. Bad for the SEC. Yeah yeah and i i i would have you would have liked to see him get to the line more granted he was like i mean he weighed less than me um and he <laughs> has you know six or seven inches on me um it, so I think you know if the if the one hand with the if the if the one hundred and eighty pounds thing is true and he actually put on fifteen pounds of muscle um is that gonna help him get to the line more because i don't he doesn't shy away from contact like like Halliburton does. He, yeah. I think he's more inclined to do that. That said, I think the what you just said, that's if he does slip, that's the reason he slips. I think that's because yeah. what, because think about it, what other reason is there that he should that's not it. be a top 10 yeah. pick in this, like a, a surefire top 10 pick in this draft? Because if, if you believe in the shot, which it sounds like you do.
0: Totally. I buy it. The pull-up game is, it's nice. Like, yeah, he has it.
1: Yeah. I think that's, I think that's the reason he falls because I, again, I don't think, but again, we, it's, it's not like we have not seen players come along and yeah. Okay. Maybe they don't have the best efficiency overall, but when you look at all of the different things that they do um, you know, I think it, it balances out. It's just, uh, you know, it can't, and it, I think it really, it always comes back to, if that speed translates and there's no, there's no reason the speed shouldn't translate and it translates into a, a, a way that you could get, you know, give him a, a decent size share of the load on offense and really put the ball in his hands and be like, okay, you're going to, you're going to run this show for a while for a decent team. If you could do that, I, I think, I think you're in business. And I think that's, it. that's where you, you know, you come down on one side of Kyra or the, or the other based on your answer to that question. Yep. Sure. Um, Obi, good yeah. Obi. Okay, again, <laughs> he's not gonna fall. Or If he does fall, they're gonna take him. So this, it's a silly conversation, right? Because if he's there, they're gonna take him. Is, if he's, I don't then. I, I no, I think- but I'm, I'm curious because people hate him because of the defense, and I, I, I and I'm partially responsible for this because I've shat on this guy for months. I, I and I will admit, I don't think people maybe understand how good an offensive player he is.
0: You will be drafting a better shooting John Collins, which I mean, in this draft, it's a safe pick. John Collins is a borderline all-star. I mean, yeah, it's not a bad pick that that's who you're dry. Like there, there are so limited difference. I, I heard uh, on the low post they said that today, actually, because I, 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 like I've heard people say it all along, it's so true. Like it's not Stoudemire because Stoudemire at least had like quicker feet and quicker hips, but yeah. it, it's, it's John Collins. So, is that, is that a bad pick, a number eight? No, that's a good pick. So, I mean, um, yeah. So And it fits with Mitch, so I have no issue with it. In terms of stats, he does pop in a few stats offensively, obviously. So, um, off-ball efficiency and shot creation efficiency. So, that means okay, shots okay. that are um, assisted or non-assisted. Um, 95th percentile or above in both. So, that's, that's pretty insane for a big So <sighs> Yeah, so that's pretty crazy. And then when he when he, drew, when he drives to the hoop it's a 87% shot.
1: <laughs> when he like I'm sorry say that again like 80% 87 percent field goal percentage so it's his
0: like expected field goal percentage like including like fouls and everything that's like sure. the shot shock is it's an 87% shot it's it's oh, essentially Jesus. on it. <laughs> I
1: I mean look it He's gonna be. I. I. I don't know what the rookie. Of the. I mean, it'll depend on team. I don't know what the rookie of the year odds are gonna be, but if he's not the. Um. The odds-on favorite for rookie of the year heading into next season, I'd be shocked. Yeah. I. I almost. I almost don't think it matters where he ends up, because um, you put him on a good team, he's gonna help them, and they're gonna be winning games. You put him on a shitty team, he's gonna go out and average twenty points a game on decent efficiency. So it's like I. I. Yeah. I. I'd, I'd be surprised. Um, if he's not the outs on favorite, if he doesn't win it, but he's probably not going to be there for the next. So uh, much to apparently much to Leon Rose's dismay. Um, all right, let's move on to um, a little bit later in the draft, which again, this draft is, it's just so interesting because guy like, I'm not going to say that, that someone that, that is in consideration for the top 10 has a chance of falling to 27. That's going a bit far, but like, You like, I feel like there are conversations where guys who are in consideration for the top 10, some people will have them falling past a guy or two and the guy or two they have them falling past today, like theorizing how the draft is going to go is someone that wouldn't shock me to see them fall to like, you know, the mid 20s. So I think it's fluid in that way. So who's the first guy you want to talk about at 27?
0: So Grant Riller, I think, um, Ruler that's Hive, good, yeah. If he's there, it's like he's the best finishing guard, essentially in the draft. Or at least at this. I mean, I guess you can make an argument for. Um, no, he's probably the best
1: finishing guard in the who, draft. Who are you going to say? M- Malachi, maybe. Well, that's I was. I was wondering why you didn't include Malachi in your in your list, but that's fine. I, I think. No, no, I,
0: I love him. I love him. I just don't think he's going to be there. Like I didn't include okay, him or fair. Terry because I didn't think they would be there.
1: Okay, that's uh, that's. But you, so you let's. Play this out so you would have Tyrell Terry and Malachi Flynn above the three guys we're, we're going to talk about the first, yes, thing, which is real. Definitely, okay.
0: definitely. I just don't think, like, especially Terry, like, especially the white people are like the Like, so many teams are talking about him, just like Tyler Heroes. Like, he, he's not saying past 20, I don't think.
1: Honestly, uh, you know, someone's, someone's gonna fall. There's gonna be one or two of these guys. I don't know who it's gonna be, but someone's gonna, and we're gonna be sitting there, and be like, how the. F- F is this guy still there? I, I agree with you. I don't think it's going to be Terry either, but so Riller's great finisher. Um, know, what else the, you got? This is the
0: other thing that, um, it's almost the opposite of Kyra where he took 70 long mid 70 long mid range shot. The worst shot you could take on the floor and was still in the 90th percentile overall officially. So like, these are the stats that I like contextualizing because like the shot selection can always be adjusted in the NBA. Like when you're in the NBA system, um, when you're running a pick and roll, you're not going to settle for an off the dribble long mid range unless you want to be benched. So like, yeah. But in the unless you played for the
1: Knicks the last few years, unless, uh, <laughs> then you the Tosh Tosh Gibson, promoted to Tosh
0: starter. Tosh Gibson, <laughs> yeah, they know, they know, yeah, they don't become a starter, yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so the, like that set like that. Like he can only improve, and he was in the 90th percentile. So I, I find that incredible uh, for his development, and he was in the 97th percentile on passing. So that just adds to the uh, the stock.
1: That's w- let me. I want to dig in on that for half a second because I the thing I, I and I will admit that I have not watched a ton really on I've I've seen like you know a bunch of packages and I've I think I've sat and watched one game of his. It, as a passer, he's he's pegged as like more of a combo guard. He's not someone that's going to come in and run, run your offense, right?
0: Yeah, I think he is a little more like more like Fred VanVleet esque, but he can make all the reads and he. He created, let me compare it to the NBA. I'm going to sure. see the NBA draft process, see where he is.
1: Because he's an interesting point guy. Cause I, We haven't heard, like, listen, we've heard probably 20 or 30 different names come out in connection to the Knicks. He's one that we haven't. And again, I don't, you know, I wish I knew how to read this, um, but like it, the fact that if a guy's, I almost think at this point, if someone's name has not come out in connection to the Knicks ahead mm-hmm. of this draft, it it almost means that maybe they're looking at them more because there's so much smoke out there. Yep. Um. You know. That's. I mean. He, to me, he strikes me as someone that could really be super valuable to them in the immediate future. Totally agree. Yeah. So he's right in between,
0: uh, like Flynn, Mannion are right ahead ahead of him, but then he's right ahead of Merrill and Dotson. So he's right in between that tier of passing.
1: Okay, that's pretty good. It I, is. Yeah. I, I like that. I, I, I think he's going to be there. I don't. I, mm. I think Flynn's going to go
0: before him for sure. Just because I agree people, with you, people are going to bite about the the conference play, just playing the Colonial versus like the MWC Mountain West. I think uh, San Diego seats, and so I think they're just going to bite on that, uh, being the significant difference.
1: Yeah, I and I also don't, I I do think that they, well, I don't know. I was going to say I think they have in the back of their minds like, what are these guys going to become as trade assets? Um, and I, you know. I don't, I could see Riller not, not being necessarily as high as some of the other guys they might be able to get at this spot. Anyway, um, next up, you're going to talk about one of my favorite players in the draft, I'm assuming.
0: Yeah. So he, he's the best, Desmond Bain. Yes. I also don't think he'll be here. I just wanted to toss him in because I love him too. Um,
1: I don't think he's going to be there.
0: <laughs> he's, yeah, yeah. The way, the way draft Twitter talks about him, he should be the number one overall pick, I think. Um, the, uh, <laughs> So I, I, he's gonna go top twenty probably same same boat as really I mean, you could probably get a theme from the stats I'm bringing out here. Really inefficient from mid range and took ninety of them from there. So, oh, wow. uh, When he eliminates those shots, he's just gonna skyrocket in efficiency. His off the dribble three over forty percent, um, like a one point two one shot log, which is pretty crazy. um, for a guy off the dribble like that was better than terry and a few other guys too so that 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 was super impressive
1: if you're one of these i i just you know it what is it philly is a 21 milwaukee's a 24. it's like th- these teams need cheap labor and they need just guys that could plug and play like i don't i don't know who you're finding that's better than desmond Bain. i just i i, I don't um oh god if he if he is there at 27. Oh my! I don't. I almost don't even care what they do at the top of the draft. If they get Bane at twenty seven, I think I'd have. I'd be you know, be pouring the scotch. Um, okay. Next up is a player that we haven't talked about a lot on this podcast, so I'm curious to hear about him.
0: Yeah. So as, I, as Isaiah Stewart, I almost pronounced his name wrong. Um, center power forward from Washington, six nine center. So similar boat of Oniaka. Really big wingspan, seven four wingspan, like Oniaka. This is the one catch, and this is why I think he should be. Before twenty-seven or in this range, he shot seventy-seven from the free throw line in college. Yes, that, that, that's so high that like that that you're going to project to be a good shooter, like decent to good shooter in the NBA with that free throw percentage. Like, and I think because of that, he's going to be able to protect the paint and maybe could uh, when Mitch is rim rolling, maybe he can move to the corner and hit the corner three. So, like, I, I think there's spacing possibilities with him and Mitch.
1: Um, he's, uh, obviously on a press tour right now. He had, uh, there was a piece, uh, from Berman, I think two days ago or yesterday about him. Uh, Steph Bondi had a piece about him today. Um, it, it seems, I mean, he's a Rochester kid, obviously. So, you know, um, not, not far from Tarrytown, no. um, go Tarrytown. Um, but, uh, he, uh, do you actually, I don't know if you have it, if you don't, it's fine. I was, I, I didn't, On his finishing, it seems like he should be a good finisher, right?
0: Wait, so I wrote that down. So his finishing, uh, one of the best big finishers. This actually, so Toppin was 1.74, so I said 87%. He's he's 1.7, so he's right there, like he's um, wow, 85% finisher on on these finishes. So, like, it's like it's like a lock when when he gets that ball.
1: I just, you know. A quick quick side discussion before we get to the your your last group because I I think I'm curious what your opinions on, on this are. I look at a guy like Isaiah Stewart. Um I look at the the um I was almost blanked on his name, uh Vernon Carey from from Duke. Um even the big dude um and I'm I'm not I am gonna screw up his name so no, I'm not f- from Kansas.
0: Oh uh Azabouke or
1: something. Yeah. Who who are you just saying? Zeke Nas, Nas. Oh, see, uh, yeah. Uh, Najee or yeah. Right. Did I get that right? From Arizona. Um, all of these guys, like they're, they talk about the guys who are going to fall. Like these are the guys who are going to fall and it's just, I don't know. It's, it's really interesting to me. And like, again, I got, I can't believe I'm about to open this can of worms again. So many people got so pissed at me. Several months ago, when I entertained the idea of like, hey, I wonder if they should like kick the door and see if there's any any trade value for, for Mitchell Robinson and people wanted to burn down my house. And I get that because I love Mitch Robinson. Mitch Robinson is fucking awesome. But just that. And no, they shouldn't trade him. But the notion of like you can get these bigs on four year deals where they're making whatever. $8 million over four years or $8.5 or $9 million over four years. And they could do the shit that you need them to do and do it efficiently. Right. Um, you know, maybe it's a year process for them to get like really fluent in the NBA game, but it's just, it's it maybe not the right conversation for the Knicks because they have a Mitchell Robinson. And I think Mitchell Robinson is worth keeping around and paying a little bit of money but like just as a team building philosophy moving forward, I wonder how many teams start to embrace this. Like, you know what? Fuck it. We're not going to even try to look for a center who we're going to have to pay. Let's just get one of these guys who were there late. And it's just, I don't know. It's interesting to me. The two most valuable positions to have in the NBA is like the mold of the switchable
0: uh, five. So like the, whatever the bam out of the buyout. bam guy. Yeah. Yeah. And then the wing that can run the, run, run, the, run the point. So Everything in between, if that's a point guard that can't play off ball, if that's a center who can rim run, you could find you can get um Dwight Powell, you could get even Al Horford to pick and pop for three and take assets to get a guy like that. So yeah, I agree. I think the positional value, it might make sense to trade a guy like Mitch. But I don't he's I don't wanna the I don't do know.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> but he's it's Nick's best building block, so it's sad that it's at the worst position.
1: <laughs> I, but hey, but look, you know, it's a shame that they got him you know when they sucked, so they weren't able to take advantage of the fact that he was making so little money over the last several years. But look, look, I think Mitch can is maybe has a chance to be special. And mm-hmm. if you could get that guy, it just it it just alters your team building philosophy, right? And yeah, as and those you may Twitter
0: not videos are uh, him taking step back threes <laughs> to turn to fruition than maybe.
1: Well, he had a new there's a new video today where he's actually I I, I like the form a little bit better. He's still bringing it up from his groin, which we need to get someone on that, maybe. I don't know if Keith Smart is his shooting coach or what. Um, okay. Um, that's that's interesting. Isaiah Stewart, I, you know, it wouldn't shock me at all if they if they went there because, again, the guy was the number three recruit in the nation a year and a half ago or whatever. Um, so it's not like the, the, the talent is not there. 38. I'm, I'm really excited because two of these guys, I'll be honest with you, I really don't know much about. The first one I do. So let's start with uh, the uh, young man from from Kentucky. So quickly,
0: um, he constitutes as a pure shooter when you shoot over 85 from the free throw line and over 40 from three, that's like Steph Curry, Kyrie college number. Like this is like the top tier, Steve Novak, Novak shout out. Um, uh, that's like the top tier pure shooter. And that's what he constitutes us. And with a six, eight wingspan, like that's a high level role player, no matter what he does for the next
1: 10 years, like he will be in the league for five to ten years. I i I texted somebody a few weeks ago. I was like, why is he being mocked in like the fifties? Yeah, and I don't it didn't make sense to me.
0: It's just there's so many good role players in this draft. Um, I don't understand why the SEC player of the year and a guy who has a six eight wingspan with these shooting numbers wouldn't be the top one of the top role players. But um yeah.
1: I mean he's small, right? He's like, what is he, six two? He's six three, but I think
0: I feel like Kind of what like the Rockets untapped a little bit with their small ball lineup is it's not you can have guys that are short, but if they play bigger with bigger wingspans, then I don't think it really matters.
1: That yeah, for sure. I guess for for quickly he I remember just watching the couple of Kentucky games I watched last year and the couple I've watched on Tate. Um, he's he's not he may, he's, he's got big, big wingspan, but he's not big. Like he's yeah, he's, you're he, right, you're right, yeah, you're he's on right. the slider side, yeah, but still. That's a guy that's going to help you, you know, could help you win regular season games, even if he might, you know, and listen, if you if you have enough other versatile pieces, yeah, you get away with that guy in, in big games. But God knows that would be a nice problem to have if you're the Knicks. Um, so you're a fan of quickly, possibly Emmanuel, quickly, possibly at 38. Definitely. Yeah, I think that would be a great pick. He's um
0: actually okay. my favorite of these three, the other two I kind of tossed in. I, I do like them, but quickly is definitely
1: my favorite here. Okay. So talk to me about the other two, because uh, again, I'll be honest, I don't know much about either of these guys.
0: So Sam Merrill, Utah state, uh, two quick stats, uh, above the 80th percentile in off ball efficiency and shot creation efficiency. He's like 25, I think. So basically what you're getting is just a role player. I mean, that's what you should project to get at 38. If he can be a good role player, that's what you want. He's a good passer. Um, and just so efficient. Like if you look at his player page on the shot quality sites, just, it's just filled with
1: green. It's, it's kind of. Crazy. <laughs> so why, again, it's a similar question. Why is he, why is he not going higher? What's 24, 25 year old. It's just like,
0: there's so many guys like this that are like older, like the Cassius Winston, the um trade or trade Jones, I guess is a little older. Um, All these like older guard players. Like even Malachi Flynn, like they're just going so late and they, all like all of them will be like good role players. It seems like I mean not all of them can be, but it, it just seems that way that they just have such great numbers. They profile as, the is that. as that yeah
1: exactly. Okay. Um, and next up, okay, again a name I'm I'm not too familiar with. Caleb, Caleb Wesson.
0: So this is Ohio State. He's just going to be like the quintessential pick and pop pick, which I think is really valuable in the NBA today. Um, he's probably the probably the best catch and shoot big in the draft um okay that it, it's like 45 percent from three. Oh, really he took a lot of posts when he takes that pick and pop it's really really high yeah um okay. at least shot quality and then the uh he took a lot of post-ups at Ohio State but that's also something you'll eliminate when you get to the NBA game like he, you're not gonna be posting up Caleb Wesson um hmm. unless yeah unless Tosh Gibson gets hurt then maybe they'll they'll have to <laughs> take some step back mid-range or something I don't know.
1: Well, if, if Tizer's back, that's there's no guarantee. I'm assuming he'll be back, but we'll see. Yeah. So yeah, th- that's Caleb. <laughs> that's um that's in- that's, you know, look, they they need they have to be creative in how they put together this roster because I mean it's the first thing you said. It's it's RJ, it's Mitch, you gotta get shooting on this team. And if you could get shooting at a at the center spot, like real shooting, like actual, like I have to pay attention to that guy when he's standing out there um level of shooting. And if you get it late in the draft, that's even better. So before, before I let you go, give me, I mean, I guess maybe you kind of answered this question already. Give me like, well, no, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll actually, I'll switch it up. What is the one thing that you th- like has it made a semi sliver realistic, right? Yeah, just it's on the bounds of realistic that if it happened, in this draft at either at eight, 27, 38, or even just like a trade scenario that if it happened, you would just be like absolutely ecstatic about.
0: I think you said it. If we end up with, with Desmond Bain or, I mean, no, the Halliburton thing that that, that's like the one thing for me where I'm like, you're really high on Halliburton. Yeah. Like really, really like, yeah.
1: Yeah. You're not. So you're not concerned about him on what, I I, let's okay. I have to pick at this. (laughs) Love it. Love it. (laughs) What are they in your mind? Something gets fucked up. He falls to them at eight. They take him. What, what are the, what is the thing or two things, if, if anything that you would want to see them do for the, to, to put on the roster with him next year, do you not think it matters as much as I think it matters?
0: It of course matters with him. So you're going to need a shot creator. Um, but at eight, like, you just like, it's so rare to find, like, you could take a guy like Jaden McDaniels, you could take a guy who's so risky or like Patrick Williams, but I, in just in my draft philosophy, I, I, I'm really high on taking guys that I know what they will be and can't exceed that. So like a guy like Halliburton, let's say we get Christian Wood in free agency. Okay. Um, He's running pick and rolls with him and we get. Uh, two more shooters like quickly, and let's just say Bane from just for the hell of it. Ah, we'll have some fun. It's we'll fine. have some fun. Yeah, we're making up shit. Um, that, that's a good offense. So you get you have enough shooters. You have the pick and roll threat with Mitch and Christian Wood. Um, and I think Halliburton. Like, I think he can be a lead ball guy or an off ball guy. If RJ wants to run some point, which I think is probably his best pure position, if he wants to be successful in the I, NBA,
1: I think they should put the ball in his hands more. Yeah. This season. I'm not I'm not going so far as to say he should, he should be run point, but I think they should put the ball in his hands.
0: There's no I mean if you're gonna be a wing in the NBA, like I don't think he's gonna be able to shoot above 36% ever from he, three.
1: if he's gonna be the play like people get yeah, mad at me when I sense. talk about it, RJ as like a like a certain type of player. If he's ever gonna be the player that people want him to be and think he can be, he's gonna have a ball in his hands, an awful fucking lie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: And I and I think having someone like Halliburton who could play off ball. And when RJ drives and attracts three guys rather than forcing it up, maybe just kick it out for that open three that he will hit wide
1: open. Every I time. mean, look, maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe then you just take your lumps and maybe that's how they would view it. Right. Yep. Um, I'd be sure shit would be a lot easier if they get Van Fleet, but I, I really, I just don't more and more. I don't think that's going to happen. That would yeah. be nice. That would be a fun little trio. It would it would be
0: fun with Freddie, but I'm, I'm worried about, I mean, who else would we pay for in the future? It's not like anyone wants to come here, but um, the thing is with Freddie is like, I think he's overvalued cause the Raptors had such a good system for him. Like everything is like perfectly set up in the Raptor system, but he's
1: so good too. So I'd obviously be thrilled. Well, him. it's, it's nice to be able to go out and play basketball with four other guys who are great on not great on like who don't fuck up on either end. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> They don't put players on the floor who I'm not saying they put like five, they're always five great shooters and five great passers, but they always have five good basketball players on the floor. And it's a lot easier to do your job when you have, when you have four guys around you who are like, at least you know what they are going to be. And that they're going to do the shit that they're supposed to do and not do the shit that they're not supposed to do. Um, I hear that. I just, I don't know. I would wonder. I would really, if they, if they ever, I can't, I like how we're talking about something that's not going to happen, but if they got Halliburton, I'm like, what, what thing? What I would just want one other guy, one other cog, and I just there's no obvious.
0: I think if you take Halliburton, maybe at that, maybe you package something up to take a riskier player, um, like maybe the Jaden McDaniels' s guy. So it's just like a higher ceiling guy because Jaden McDaniels has some like untapped shot creation potential. I listen, he's he, yeah,
1: he's an interesting player.
0: Yeah, something like that, maybe just to package with the safer, uh, high floor guy that Halliburton is.
1: Yeah. It's,
0: um, I, I honestly think Halliburton could make an all-star team. Like I, I legitimately could see it. Um, I mean, yeah.
1: I mean, if if he's going to shoot 40%, um, from deep and, uh, you know, be, be a, be a Jack of all trades, um, kind of that kind of, I'm trying to think of players of that ilk, like immediately, the name that I think I know—I'm I, not obviously comparing these players, but like I, I think of like a Shane Battier, right? Like Shane Battier, obviously never made an All-Star team, but that dude—all he did was help teams win for fifteen fucking years, um, and he was efficient and he did yep. all of the things, and it was great. Um, but like a higher, like a, a a ball handler version of that, right? Yep. Who could take on more more of a role in your offense?
0: What I'm curious about, this is like really, really off topic, but I guess we're going there now. No, fine. Um, so, I feel like my draft philosophy is a little different with this. So, like, let's say the Knicks pick in 2017 when they were deciding between Porter, McHale Bridges, and Knox. Yes. That's, that was 2017 or 2018? 2018, yeah. 2018, okay, my fault. Yeah, so... When they were making that decision, I was all in on Bridges because I know what he's going to be, and I know and he, now he's really starting to he's, he's trying to start to show it now. he's probably be like a 15 point per game. He, he should have been
1: the pick. pick.
0: I mean, it's Looks really good now. but um so I was all in on him over Knox, which in retrospect and him over Porter, honestly, um, being honest, back in that moment. now, if we look back on it, Porter was the right decision. Big
1: bar, yeah. But are the suns the crying themselves to sleep because they don't have Michael Porter Jr.? And look, I'm not trying to argue that Michael I've I will be the first person to say Michael Porter Jr. is now one of the best young trade assets in the NBA, and I'll be yep. curious if Denver ever goes down that road. But for the Suns, where they're at right now, I'm pretty sure they're happy with the guy they got. They are, but the Knicks obviously aren't. So <laughs> that was a kind way of putting it.
0: <laughs> Brutal. Yeah, yeah. So this is just the trade-off between the star potential and the, the high floor. So my philosophy is, I don't know. I'm, I'm just a high floor guy, I guess. So that's why I probably love No,
1: it, It's not, listen, it's why I like Kyra. Um, Cause I think Kyra's floor is high. No. Um, Obi, whatever you think it was defense. I mean, the, if you, if you have a guy who's that level of offensive player, I mean, the floor can only go so low. Um, and, and Vassell, Vassell is interesting because Vissel, If you, if you, it, it's all dependent on the shot, right? It's like you need yeah. the shot to be there. And if you have any questions on the shot, it kind of... I, and I have a, again, I have a sneaking suspicion he could end up falling a little bit um, on draft. But I hope not. I, I like him as a player. Um, I don't think you're wrong at all. Um, I just... I, 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 And I've said this on the pod several times. I think it's important that they field a team that looks functional. Yep. next year. You know, um, it's, I think that's important for the franchise for this year, but we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, this has been a lot of fun. I, we could, uh, you're one of those guys. I could sit here and talk hoops with you for the next three hours, but, um, we have shit to do. People have other things to get to. Um, can you just please tell people very, um, explicitly where they could find you and where they could, uh, see your stats and, and everything.
0: Yeah. So you can check out the website, www.shotquality.com the uh, or Twitter I think it's just shot underscore quality it is indeed shot underscore quality I'm looking at it right I'm now pissed. I'm pissed there's another guy named shot quality maybe maybe send him some hateful comments or something do something like that get him out of there
1: <laughs> buy him out buy him out you you know walk in walk in like um, you know like Al Pacino in God Godfather one and the guy's gonna be like no you don't buy me out I buy you out no. I'm buying you out, but <laughs> anyway, this is probably a little before your time. Um, so shot underscore quality and uh, any place that's, that's basically it, right? Yeah. That's it. That's all the plugs I got. That, listen to two is enough. You, you get too many plugs and people stop paying attention. Um, this was a lot of fun. I, um, you know, I'm, I will have to talk again on uh, after draft nights over. And I'm, I'm curious if um, they follow through and select some shooters. I hope they do. Um, but uh, thank you for for taking the time to do this today. This was a lot of fun.
0: Sure, thank you for having me on.
1: Absolutely, everybody else out there. um, Thanks for listening to another episode of the Next Film School podcast. We'll be back with you another episode before you know it. Peace out.